welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. You know I say it every time and I mean it every time. Thank you for your time. There are so many amazing podcasts out there uh, that you can listen to and you have decided to take your time and listen to our show here. Unbelievably uh, appreciated. Uh, uh, this is the Taking the Charge uh, podcast, uh, uh, takingthecharge.substack.com. Go over there, become a subscriber. You can also become a paid subscriber, and you can get access to some great uh, content about youth hoops. Um, there's a uh, prospects, Taking the Charge prospects podcast, a weekly interview, uh, in-depth interview, uh, with one of the with, with a young player from around the world, uh, and you also get part of the you also get the full archives of the Talking Talent podcast, um, and uh, where uh, the Army of Scouts, I like to say, talk about uh, young players from around the world. Uh, so this week, a fun talk, uh, one that's well, uh, well, well overdue, um, long overdue, uh, with uh, Keita Waller. Uh, from Capital Baskets Dusseldorf, um, a, a a club that really deserved uh, attention long, long ago, and uh, finally ended up talking to uh, Kita and uh, a wonderful chat with her. Uh, such a vibrant person, and and it was uh, really so much fun. Uh, and she was an amazing sport about it. Uh, had some uh, technical difficulties. Uh, and uh, managed to uh, to get it all uh, get it all recorded and put together for for you. A wonderful long chat with her. Sit down, uh, grab a tea, coffee, whatever, and uh, or you know while you're on your drive, enjoy this long chat with her. Uh, talks talks about her journey. Uh, I'll talk about that in a, in a couple of in a couple of minutes. Uh, first of all, let's get to our big three uh, story. Uh, that we're following. I mean, if you're if you're a European basketball fan at all, you have to be uh, absolutely. Uh, you have to be loving it. Uh, this journey of Fruity Extra Bursa Sport. Uh, they knocked off Mora Bancandora from Spain in the semifinals and are in the Euro Cup final. Uh, a magical run uh, started by beating Partizan in the round of 16 eighth finals and then uh, knocked off Sedevita Olympia Lupriana in the in the quarterfinals and now our one victory uh, over either Valencia or Virtus Bologna uh, from uh, qualifying for the uh, Turkish Airlines EuroLeague an amazing run uh, uh, you know really just a couple of fantastic players and uh yeah it's just uh it's just it's been it's been so much fun watching these guys uh and and it also uh it also confirms why i really like this format uh of the uh of the euro cup gone or the playoff series and it's uh one and done uh bracket you know ncaa tournament style if you will uh one game and you're and you and you advance or you go home and they've knocked off uh, two two of the best teams in the competition and are now going to be playing with another of the best team in the competition that, like I said, being Valencia or uh, Virtus Bologna. Uh, young player of the week. Uh, let's go to Nikola Jovic uh, with Mega. Uh, he uh, teamed up with uh, the youngsters uh, in that club and played at the uh, uh, ABBA 
uh, U19 uh, league uh, final four in Lupiana and uh, helped the, help them win the title uh, in the semifinals against Eagle K. I had 29 points, eight rebounds, five assists, did turn over the ball six times and did shoot uh, just one of eight on three pointers. Uh, but the team did prevail 97, 87. And then in the final, uh, they knocked off CS, um, uh, uh, SC Derby, uh, 90, sorry, 88, 74 to win the title. And Jovic had eight points, uh, with seven, uh, uh, nine points, eight rebounds, seven assists, plus three steals shot one of seven on three point range. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, basically could very well be his last action, uh, before he heads off to the United States to, uh, work out for the, for the NBA draft. So that's our young player of the week, the event. You know, um, it's uh, this is the this is the final four weekend in uh, in the basketball champions league. Uh, Bill Bow is the place uh, is the place to be uh, this weekend, and uh, the two games that we have are uh, in the semifinals are are Halone taking on Tenerife, and then uh, and then the the nightcap uh, in in Spain is uh, MHP Reason Ludwigsburg. Uh, against Baxi uh, uh, Manresa, you know, just really four fantastic teams that have been great all season. Uh, I also have teams that have been, you know, you look at uh, you look at Halone and, and especially Tenerife, you know, um, you know stalwarts in this in this competition. Uh, you know, Ludwigsburg is there for a second time. Um, and Resa, you know, Spanish team has just been fantastic all year. Halone. Uh, just two fantastic games, and it's going to be a great, great tournament, a great Final Four there, and uh, uh, definitely going to be a worthy champion. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, definitely check out the games. Uh, again, those are on Friday, and then the uh, third place and final uh, on Sunday. Uh, all right, so uh, sneak peek of our Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. I mentioned before, we do uh, every week we do a podcast um uh, with a long interview with a uh, prospect around the world. And this week we talked to uh, Žiga Zamar, a Slovenian uh, who uh, came to Real Madrid early on, went through their youth system and won a won the Adidas Next Generation Tournament title in 2019 and then left the club and uh, signed with Fren Labrada, uh, spent a, a year on loan in the third division and has spent the last two seasons, this is the second season in the ACB with Fren Lombrada. So here's our little uh, sneak peek of the interview with him. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side of that. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, I mean, that one of the things about Real Madrid is, you know, they, they, they don't really have a, they have a second team, but it's, you know, it's in the, it's in the uh, EBA, which we said is the fourth league. And, uh, you know, for, you know, for the, the next step to, to become a pro, that's, you know, that's, that's really kind of too low. It's nice. It's good to have, you know, under 18 to, to have that level, but, you know, you know, it, to, to kind of give your, give guys a chance to kind of take that next step between the, you know, a, a junior player and a professional player, you know, like a, like a, a Leb gold or Leb silver team, you know, that's, a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a different level. Um, the, the club doesn't have it. Uh, Real Madrid, and and then you ended up uh, signing. Uh, a, a, I think it was a four year deal with Fren Labrada, um, and spent that nineteen twenty season with uh, Samora in the uh, in the third division. 
Um, first, first of all, how was it? Um, you know, what, what was it like for you to kind of say goodbye? You know, because this was your your home away from home, and you know, as a as a young player, you know, okay, you already left uh, to go to Olympia when you were still when you were already young, but you know, to go and and kind of say goodbye to the to the club, um, you know, that really kind of did a lot for you. What was that? What was that kind of farewell like for you? Um, it was it was like hard, but at the same time, I had uh, one motivation more for achieve uh, to come back maybe someday and to to do better things uh, to improve them that they were wrong at that time um, and um, the next year I went to Zamora like you say in the third league um, I think uh, like this year I went to Zamora because I needed one year more to stay in the Spain to become a Spanish Spanish player and I think at that time was a really important thing for me um, and because it's easier than to get a teams and um, this year in the Zamora I was really uh, I was really happy I can say because uh, I was playing well I have great um, good coach and I I really like the way what we were playing the group of guys we weren't um, a lot of us but we were really good we had really good chemistry uh, we were uh, like one big family um, and I think this year really, really helped helped me to um, step forward. Um, I, that that's not a surprise at all. You say that. I mean, uh, just just looking at the looking at the stats. You know, twenty six minutes. You were able. You were averaging ten point six points uh, over a 25, 25 games. You shot ninety. Uh, 93 three pointers. You were, you know, you grabbing uh, almost four assists, uh, uh, almost uh, four rebounds, almost four assists. Um, you know, a, a, a decent, you know, 3.8 to 2.7 turnover assist to turnover ratio. Um, but you know, really, you know, uh, 26 minutes. You know, playing a couple of games where you're playing 30, 32. Uh, looks like you even what was that a double overtime game that you had where you had 23. Uh, against uh, Uris D. That was in uh, that was in January of 2020. In, I think we played double uh, overtime. D- double overtime, 107, yeah, 103. Yeah. You know, so that was 43. Yeah. Just the fact that you were able to play more minutes because and and actually be able to take shots and take responsibility, which is something you didn't need to do or whatever. You know, when you were at Real Madrid, because you had Nakic, you had Usman, you had. You know, Scylla, you had all of these guys. What was it like for you to finally be like a guy? That must have been pretty cool. It was important, like I say, for me. Um, I I think I need this year, like you said, that I feel important in my team, that I really uh, take my responsibility, uh, that they're, uh, they're, they're, the, the team depends on me. And I think uh, when I feel like this, I play better too. And um, I'm I'm happier too. And but in the basketball can be every time like this. You need to work hard and to achieve it. And because without working hard, you will never achieve uh, this this place in the team. Yeah. And you need to be example for all other guys. How you work. How you how is your ethic? How how you do the things on the practice outside of the uh, outside of the court. 
Okay. Um, yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun talk. Uh, a lot of uh, fun stuff in there. Uh, talks about uh, how chess uh, helps him see the game. Also had a wonderful experience uh, at the uh, FIBA EuroBasket 2013 there in Slovenia. So again, if you uh, you know want to listen to the full uh, interview, uh, become a paid subscriber. Uh, if you uh, that's takingthecharge.substack.com. Uh, if you think that it's a little too much, uh, just you know. Drop me a message. We can talk about it. All right. So let's go to the to the big long interview uh, with uh, Keita Waller. Um, you know, it's this is a, this is a club Dusseldorf that uh, if this had been uh, a men's team, it would have been it would have been news across the continent, um, probably even around the world. Um, it's a team that went from the sixth division next year was in the fifth division was promoted to the fourth division, one promotion to the third division, one promotion to the second division, and then one promotion to the first division. Uh, Kita jumped on board uh, in the fifth division, so went from the fifth to the fourth to the third to the second, um, and then to the first as well. So just a, a magical ride uh, for her and for the club. She talks about uh, all that, uh, also talks about plenty of other stuff. Uh, so uh hunker down listen have fun with this one because um you know keto waller is a is a, a bubbly personality that uh, was just a, a joy to talk to so enjoy this and we will talk to you next week thank you again like i always say thank you for your time it's very appreciated so here's my interview with keto waller so on the uh on the show this week we have uh, keto waller uh who played this season with the capital baskets dusseldorf uh keto thanks for taking some time Thanks for having me. Uh, definitely glad to be here. Um, yes. So uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, to to let the cat out of the bag uh, ahead of time, just in case um, the magic of my editing and my my thought process, etc., uh, don't work out. We actually <laughs> we actually recorded the entire interview. Um, in in three different segments, and uh, uh, I have no problem admitting that uh, uh, my 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 errors, my mistakes, and uh, somehow I deleted the first section of our, our of our conversation. So we are re-recording the first section of the uh, of the of the interview, um, and so um, yeah, but that's okay. Uh, Kita, uh, it is. Thank thank you thank you. Like I said, for having you on. Um, so you are in the uh, um, you played the season in the, in the German Women's Basketball League, and um, we are actually in the finals now, um, and uh, and we have a matchup between uh, Ryland and and Freiburg. Uh, both of them swept. Um, actually, well, Freiburg needed uh, three games against Marburg, um, but then uh, they both swept uh, their semifinals. Uh, and uh, and it was actually Rhineland uh, is actually the top two teams uh, in the uh, uh, in the league uh, in the standings. Uh, who do you uh, who do you have going and uh, taking home the the title this season? I have the Rhineland only because of my uh, friend Bree Rollison plays there, so I have them getting. It's been a battle uh, between our two clubs and uh, the last season. And we both were able to move up. So that was also a great thing. Um, so I definitely see Ryan Line pulling this out. 
Yeah. Especially the way they've just been playing throughout the whole season when everyone's healthy. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to ask you about, um, you know, the German, German basketball um, has actually been highly praised throughout, um, at least throughout Europe, uh, you know, also kind of outside of Europe as well uh, uh, from the men's side and, uh, and uh, you know, has really developed a lot of players and, and, and whatnot, more NBA, more NBA guys. And, you know, we're seeing also teams, go pretty far in the in the uh, European competitions as well uh, but I kind of want to ask your your opinion about women's basketball uh, in Germany I mean you've you've been here a while and you know the the league uh, a couple of years back got uh, Toyota uh, as a name sponsor you know obviously that's a big name uh, and and okay a, a, a sponsor is not going to do everything um, but you know having something like that you know does help um, you know with the recognition of the league etc et um, you know, you've been around Germany for a while. Uh, what are your thoughts about maybe the development of the uh, of the uh, of women's basketball in Germany? Um, it's I would say the development is at a level of still needs improvement. Um, I say it starts with the getting the community involved. And so that way you can have more fan, fan base. Um, there are some clubs that are very great in having that. Um, and because you can't build anything unless you have supporters. And that's where the sponsors do help. They help us so that we can play, so that we can travel, so that we are financially uh, stable, one would say. Um, but I think the only other way to really complete the development is by doing more for a community and getting them to buy in also into the women's development. Um, there needs to be more uh, individually like summer groups or summer camps where you go and girls can go and develop themselves um, skill-wise, uh, strength-wise, speed-wise, uh, depending on what it is that they're looking for. Um, having a place for them to be able to optimize their performance at the level that the men have with their facilities. And so I feel like once we can get that down for the women, then you will have more. Because then more will start to uh, feel treated like more as a professional and would love to do it because you're helping with the sacrifice that we're willing to make with our lives that we have on a daily basis. And we're seeing that in Germany that there's success at the women's uh, level. I mean, you look at the youth national teams, you know, they've, they've performed really well at the youth national team uh, level, you know, obviously, you know, some, some big names out there, you know, Sabu Sabali, another Year League Final Four, Women's Year League Final Four, uh, uh, Marie Gulli is, you know, doing some some really big things. Um, uh, it seems to me that the that you know that that the giving the giving young women the the perspective uh, that there's a a chance that they can actually do this as a professional uh, is is probably that next step. You know, and and to not to then to then say to the women. 
uh, to the young women, uh, you know what, I can do this, uh, you know, as a professional, I don't have to worry about having a, a job at, at the same time, et cetera. I mean, it seems to me like that's, that's sort of the, the next step that needs to be made, uh, uh, you know, on a, on a, on a national level. I mean, obviously, you know, local helps first, but I mean, you know, to, to get to, to improve the whole game, seems to me that's where it is no. Yeah. Cause you also have to give the girls a place um, that's not so far, like more, skills development coaches that are helping those but giving the players even the opportunity to find these coaches to train with um I've also played with Marie Goulash and I played with her in a summer tournament last year in uh quite 54 this uh this tournament that happened in Paris um that was a wonderful experience like right under uh with the Eiffel Tower in the back view when I say a little girl growing up on the streets of Atlanta and Gainesville playing on a hoop with no rim, I mean, no net. So, and then all of a sudden I'm in Paris and I have the Eiffel Tower in the back and I'm playing the game that I love. Playing with her, it was an awesome experience. <laughs> that girl is a beast. <laughs> that girl is a beast. So it was um an honor, um, an honor, really playing with her. She's so charismatic. She's energized. She's a good person, good-hearted, and that's also part of the game of meeting new players. Um, I played uh, against Sabali a while back when I was in Noise, which uh, I want to say when she was in Berlin, and <sighs> that was always troublesome games. So. These girls can compete, but they're not so many that believe in them. But these girls got to realize that they have to believe in themselves by seeing that it's an opportunity and finding these places to go so that they can reach these same levels. And they kind of the they kind of need to be stars in their own country too, you know? Yeah, yeah. People in Germany like, need to be talking about Sabu Sabale, for example. Yeah, and that exactly. whole family, like, that whole family, actually. <laughs> exactly. Like, why can't they have at home and be them on a professional level? <laughs> so uh, people might be wondering why I wanted to talk to you. And um, it's actually because you are you know, probably one of the, the biggest leaders of a, of a really fascinating project, um, fascinating program uh, that, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm late to the, uh, late to the, uh, late to the ball game, if you will, of, of, you know, of covering you guys. Um, and it's uh, Capital Baskets Dusseldorf and, you know, uh, the program started in the sixth division. Yeah. Sixth division. Um, and, uh, you jumped, you jumped on board, uh, and it went, and it went up to the fifth division. And, uh, that's when you jumped on board in, in 2017. Um, yeah. and then, uh, it was uh, promotion, 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 and, uh, all the way up until, uh, this past season went up to the, the first division. Um, and, and, uh, you had been, you mentioned noise and, and you had 
you know, you had played three years in Neuss in the second in the second uh, league here in, in Germany. Um, and then in 2017, you uh, you decided to 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 uh, to jump down <laughs> uh, to the fifth division and 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 play for this Dusseldorf uh, program. Um, it's not it's not something that a lot of people would would uh, even consider. Um, you it had only been there one year, you know, and uh, it had only accomplished quote only accomplished one of the uh, promotions. Um, maybe just talk uh, talk us through that that uh, you know that decision back in in 2017 to to go down to the fifth division. Well, as you like to put it, as you say, jumped down there. I don't I don't want to say I kind of jumped down there. Uh, uh, if I would have jumped, I definitely wouldn't want to land that far down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would definitely say a lot of circumstances and, you know, things happen where they just fell down. Like I tried um, after the season ended with noise. I did other summer camps, uh, a tournament with Slammers where she has – uh, Iska has these group of uh, Americans or players that are looking to be picked up and come and they just play against each other in games. Um, and so that way you can be seen by other uh, clubs. Did that. Had a few offers, but just didn't pan out or just work out due to some circumstances. Um, and then I get a call from Iska saying that you know, I know you still want to play and it's not uh, <laughs> like the greatest <laughs> th- uh, chance I'm trying to say, uh, give you, but maybe it's just something so you don't have to really move away from being in noise. That, um, that, that real quick, the- because, because Dusseldorf is right, right, uh, what, across the river, right, from, from noise? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, by the train, that's just about a 15 minute train ride right there so you didn't have to move mm-hmm. nah no i definitely didn't want to leave this yeah. uh beautiful apartment that i have so you know i'm kind of good and settled we heard, we heard oh. the birds in the background so it's very <laughs> peaceful yes yes it's very quiet out here the sun is shining and don't want to wake up my girlfriend <laughs> um but going down I was like, hey, it's still an opportunity to play. They want to make it up to the second league. That's where I want to be, so why not just give it a shot? Um, sat down and met with one of the uh, club managers at the time, Sean Lowe, and the former head coach, Omar Collinson. Um, Sat down, had a conversation with them. Their interests and mine were and mine were alike, and I decided to go play with them because of mainly because of the head coach that they had at the time, Omar Collington. He was a guy that grew up in Decatur, uh, thirty minutes away from my home. I never met the man, but this is the first time I'm meeting him, and he's also a basketball player. He his resume, he's won championships with guys before, like three before coming to us. And so he's made a name for himself, but he hasn't made a name for himself because his 
during basketball. You don't really put these coaches out and give them the recognition or the praise when it's due. And then you wonder why your players or your coaches are going to other countries to play or coach there. Well, this is, he is the prime example of it. Um, so I just took the opportunity. I was like, okay, what what's, what's the worst could happen? <laughs> I mean, this is already the worst it, as I can see it as I can't play in the second league. And I'm well, tell us about the fifth the division team. then. What's, what's the fifth <laughs> division? What was the fifth division in German basketball look like in 2017-18 season? <laughs> um, let's of, say it looked of, like a... Here, Keita, just take the ball, I'm sure. But. <laughs> it looked like a, a lot of... <laughs> I don't want to say this nicely without being so rude. <laughs> it was a lot of Space Jam type play. Like, just get, just go ahead. <laughs> Here you go, Keto. Do your thing. Um, I remember the first few games I had, um, I was averaging about 45 to about 50. And that's because the people just didn't understand to not just give me the ball and let me shoot. And I can shoot from afar I soon realized that I cannot sit here and continue to do this but with a group of girls that I had at the time their IQ and their uh, knowledge of the game wasn't so high and so now I have to play the long run and not this short game because normally you just go into season and you compete well I just competed two games straight and I see that I don't really have to compete as hard, but now this is an opportunity that's been given to me to teach, to help others grow, to help them understand the game and give my knowledge back. Um, it was a role I didn't know was going to be a lot of work, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Um, And that was how I took those years preparing up until the second league and getting myself becoming better as a person by being a better leader. What what were those, those seasons then like, you know I mean? So we mentioned, you know, so your fifth division, 2017, 2018, you get, you jump to fourth division, 2019, jump to the third division, 2020, uh, uh, end up, uh, I guess being allowed, you know, uh, you know, the, the season, you know, obviously was, uh, you know, that was the Corona, uh, season, 2019, 20. Um, and then, and then, uh, in 2021, uh, well, let's get to, let's go through there, you know, so the, you know, those, those three years, you know, where you go from fifth to third, uh, fifth to fourth to, to third. Um, all right. The fifth season was, undefeated we no one could touch us there were games where it would be a hundred something to maybe 30 something points um and that was almost on a daily basis um so that year was undefeated and then when we went up to the fourth league i would say we lost one game which was the last game of the season but 
we it still didn't matter because we won everything else, but it still sucked because <laughs> we we lost the last game. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice to be perfect two years in a row. <laughs> um, so then we went up that year, and then in the third league, I missed a couple of the months because of uh, surgeries, uh, but we still lost two games during that year and we started getting better players uh more with better knowledge and so then as the year would grow I would have to I wouldn't have to babysit so much and then that's how I had planned the years out and hoping that if I did my part the club would do their part and find players to that were accommodate me and playing so that we can get to our end game of our goal to the second league. And so that's how the years have been progressing. And so um, for, for those who are not aware of the, of the German uh, sports landscape, Dusseldorf Neuss, there's not a lot of high level sports there. I mean, there's, there's no, I guess for Tuna Dusseldorf, are they, are they even uh, soccer, football? Are they second division? Are they, do you, do you have any idea about that? Where that right now? I mean, that's really the only. I'm going to take a guess and say second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really know, but I think that's really the only, let's say, quote, game in town, like professional. Uh, or do they have a hockey team? I don't know if they might, you know, that. I don't know if they might have a hockey team. I, to be honest, I, and that kind of goes to show I've been in Germany for a long time, uh, uh, and I and I don't even know what's in Dusseldorf. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Like these sports are not really. So, so the question is: Is I mean, is there was there any attention then on this at all? I mean, I, like you know, we're going to get to how you know how we how I came to 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 learn the story, but was there any attention to you uh, given to you guys? I mean, you know, it's it's women's basketball. It's it's down. You know, fifth, fourth, third division. Do you guys get any sort of uh, recognition or, or attention at all? Uh, we got attention from our, our fans. Yeah. They supported Was there, us. There was a fan base being um, built then for sure. Yeah. From uh, fans from our club, like the younger players that were um, also playing in the U10, U14. Uh, their parents would come, they would bring their friends, and that's that was our fan base. And it was pretty good for a club starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what definitely was one good thing about starting something new, still having a high fan base with the, the, the beginning of it. Um, but other sports, I don't really hear much of big one besides Fortuna Dusseldorf. Yeah, that's the only or, one. Yeah, I'll have to look up and see. Um, so, uh, you know, the initial whatever period of the pandemic is is done. Then you know, twenty twenty, you have the twenty 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 one season. Uh, it, it's oh, clear you guys are going to yeah. be able to play. Um, and then in, you know, the 2020, 2021 season, you're finally back to where you were <laughs> before um, the inv- entire adventure, adventure, let's call it started. How, how relieved were you to be back <laughs> to where you were and, and maybe what kind of, how, how much, how much better were you because of that whole experience? Um, 
I would say, first from the standpoint of uh, a mental, I was more advanced and more relaxed in seeing the game because of having to teach and help others. It was able to help the game slow down a little bit more for me in a standpoint of how I attack the game. Um, how I felt, it was like, all right, there we go. Now I did it. Uh, now it's, it's time to take care of business. Now, now this is what I did all this for. It wasn't like a, a the sigh of relief would be as if I felt like it, it wasn't going to happen. So I couldn't say that it was going to sigh of relief because it was happening. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. We were making it to the second league. So I was never worried about that. So I didn't need a sigh. But when I got there, that's when all the work that I've led up from playing, one of the things, the reason why I got better is because of my coach, Omar Collington. He would challenge me in the practices. Like, I would always be double team or triple team with one on three, and this is how I had to score. I had to figure out a way to score, and this is like full court. And this was the way that he would try to, still keep me challenged and competitive and I set with my teammates and trying to build that uh, rapport. So that definitely helped. And so that's why I say that I definitely became a good, better shooter because I had plenty of time to just sit there, just people just find me very easily and just, just shoot. <laughs> um, and then the rest was just for just to just let it happen and just have fun and just play the game. And whatever happened, the outcome of it, I'll take it. Did I foresee us being at the top of the second league? And the no, I did not foresee that happening. Um, I would have been all right being in the middle because you know we're still a new club. It is it's a right to still take the progress with time. But not to say that I wasn't going to enjoy it while we were sitting there being at the top. I mean, hey, if we're well, talk there, about that. I mean, you know, you you've been you've been playing basketball for for you know quite a while now, um, and and you know you you go through this this 2020-21 season, and uh, you're fighting to 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 go up. This would be your first chance to actually play in the first uh, division in 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 any league. Um, uh, you know, take us through sort of the, you know, the end of that season where you guys are saying, you know what, we might even do this again. Um, we, it, it really didn't maybe just hit us until the, maybe the second part of the season when we realized that our chemistry was so well, um, we understood one another. We weren't selfish. We played the game and we respected it. But we also respected each other and allowed them to be best at what they are best at doing. Um, we would sometimes try to help the other one grow and try to get out of that comfort zone. But then that's when other things would happen on days where, like me, for instance, I had like bad days. Like everyone stuck stepped up and that's why being up there at the top it was just like okay well we have a well great surrounded team we're competing on a daily basis and 
because of the season with Corona, and sometimes you would have you will go two to three weeks without a game because then it will be like a pause because of just Corona. And then still keeping that mindset and going into practice and still competing with one another as if the next game was going to be tomorrow. Um, to be able to do that through a long, rich Corona season and it lasting so long, the feeling after it happened, that's when I had that sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've always wanted to play in the first league and playing with noise that was a possibility was in the fourth and third and then was once we were at the top, but got back down to the bottom. And now I'm at the top and I want to finish this out. I want to, I want to taste that, that, that I want to taste that other side and go see what it's like to be in the first league. And I've made it there. It was the best relief ever. I know after the game, I remember the last game, it was a close game. They were maybe like three seconds. The inbounds play, the, um, I believe it was number 30. I can't remember her name, but she was one crazy shooter. She gets the ball out. She takes it. And somehow she's free. She shoots the shot. We were up by two. And she shot it. It rolled in. It came out. And that's when I felt like everything in my knees just gave out. I just fell down to the ground. just like... I am about to go play in the first league. This is actually going to happen. Like, it, it took a while for that to sink in. I mean, really, uh, maybe like a couple of days. And then had to just slit up and let all of that sink in, one would say. Um, be- before, we, before we go to first division, uh, l- let's go back a little bit. Uh, so okay. you're actually from, from Gainesville, uh, Georgia. Uh, most people probably, when <laughs> I wonder how many times that people have actually said, you know, are you from Florida then? If they, if you say Gainesville, um, but you're actually from right outside of a- Atlanta. Um, and, yeah. um, you know, maybe just, just maybe kind of talk about, uh, you know, you know, Atlanta is, is such a, a huge, uh, you know, basketball city, lots of, you know, great basketball tradition, uh, you know, bucks, um, but, you know, also uh, the, the region with, with, uh, with college uh, basketball, et cetera. Uh, maybe just talk about, uh, you know, you know, what were some of the, you know, uh, you know, what were some of the role models or some of the teams you were following, uh, you know, as a, as a young Kita growing up just outside of Atlanta? Um, coming up for Atlanta, most would, think that uh, I would have been an Atlanta Hawks fan. Um, but my dad grew up, this was also in the time when Michael Jordan was in the Bulls. So he, he was a Chicago's fan, mostly Michael Jordan fan. So that's where I grew up watching the game. Uh, my family played, so we were also like we would have um, once a month, the ever first Sunday, we would have family where the aunts, uncles, and brothers, we were all from my mom, uh, from my dad's side, we would all meet. And 
eat food. If it was your birthday month, then you got to choose what we were eating for that, that family day. Um, and then it, we walked down to the street, maybe just five minutes. And then there was a basketball court and it would be like our family against the family or the young kids that was there. So I would play with my dad and my uncles. Um, and I'm like this 10, 11 year old playing with grown men and just, plan because I didn't want to stay in the house I didn't want to sit down I was like I want to play basketball too it looks like fun so I I, I tried you know I learned a lot from that uh doing that on a yearly basis uh that was part of uh my role models because playing against young teenage men and grown men that definitely helped uh strengthen me because they that it they didn't take it easy mostly because my dad told them not to <laughs> he would yell at them if they were soft I kid you not <laughs> my uncles would do the same and I just learned that you have to be tough if you want to be the best or and so that was first and foremost my role models to start with um, watching Chicago Bulls um, and just my club and just the area around myself I had a coach her name was Brenda Hill she played also played in WNBA um I had her as a middle school coach and learned a lot from her learned a lot her daughter I played with her daughter who also went to the WNBA for a couple of seasons Tasha Humphrey um and I played two years with her Definitely a role model. Got two state championships back to back. Freshman, sophomore year as a high school kid. That was one of the fantastic dreams of my life. We may have to go back to that because that's a whole nother story in itself. Um, so the UGA is where she left after those two years, my freshman, sophomore year. She went to UGA. And so our high school will st- have still some connections to go watch some of the UGA girls play uh, the Bulldogs and watch them. So that was also something like now I'm playing in high school, but there's also a possibility to go play in college and get a free education, education just from yeah. playing the sport that mm-hmm. I love. Well, this is for me, this is when the bells ring off because uh, my parents have three kids and, you know, we, we're not rich. I got to figure out how I can let this game work for me and turn my life around well it did exactly that um so that's how I managed to find my inspiration um and then when the WNBA came out now I'm watching Cheryl Swoops uh Diana uh not Diana um Lisa Leslie and these girls and it's just like, wow, come on. Like, th- this is now, this is possibility where I can be a real professional and play in my possibly in my hometown because there was a team in Atlanta. So it's like the opportunity started to grow. I found the love of this game just from playing with my family. And then it ended up giving me a, a path of life where I didn't even think it was possible. I mean, kind of where we're, where we were talking about before, you know, you, you were, you were exposed to uh, women 
that showed you that it could be a profession. And that's, yes. what, and that's where we're trying to get to here in Germany. Exactly. And like, it's uh, the way with, in the States, you have all these opportunities to play with clubs and have these basketball tournaments where you can be seen. In order for anyone to know who you are, you have to be seen. And going like you would have your high school season, and right after your high school season, we would ha we have something called an AAU, the Amateur Athletic Union, where all these random clubs from all over the world they pay in this tournament, and you could be from like the tournament could take place in Florida, or it could take place in New York or anywhere in the states, and you got all teams mixing uh meeting up and playing games. Now you have these college coaches or even professionals coming and watching these games and getting new prospects. Like now this is the opportunity and you don't even have to go far, not from your house. Like I'm not saying you have to drive almost like an hour or two hours just to play with a really great club just so that you can be seen. I would go, there would be one 10 minutes, maybe away, maybe 20, 30 and this is maybe 10, 20 options in these 10, 15 minutes directions of opportunities that will be given to me. It's not, it's not much like that here for mm, no, young not women. Even, not even close. Journey. Not even close. Like, and it's, it's sad because if girls could just experience that, it, it could change change big things but look how i got sidetracked i forgot what i was on talking about uh role models um you yeah you ended up you ended up going to uh virginia commonwealth um maybe just your decision to to, to go there um all right well okay i have to dig back into the 2006 uh time and the time leading up to it, I had a few offers of like my maybe sophomore and junior year. One was from Austin P. Um, another Georgia Southern, um, and another one I can't remember to save me. But it was so early in my high school career that I was just, I was getting better and I could see that I was getting better that I wanted to push it to hopefully finding something better that would really pan out because I knew that I deserved it. Um, the year leading up, I had to change teams um, to get to better prospects uh, places where D1 level uh, coaches were. And I ended up playing for the Georgia Metros. Georgia Metros, this is an AAU team club that without it going to VCU would not have been possible because that is where the one of the assistant coaches, Julio Huddleston, saw me and was like, you know what? I really, I'm really, really interested in this player. Um, it was the national championship like the the 
opportunity to say that you are the best AA team in the whole national. And we did this in Orlando, Florida. And going there, I my papers didn't come in time for me to be registered to play. But I was still able to travel with the team. When there were times when we weren't playing, I would find an open court and I would just play and practice and just get to work up because I couldn't play mm. until the last few days. So I had to wait. And just so happily in that moment, uh, they, the gym was so big with different curtains and stuff that you have to really move it where if you're the fans and if the gym wasn't prepared, then you couldn't really see. Well, the coach heard the ball bouncing, and so she was being a little nosy, and she yeah, ended up seeing me. Yeah, and so she ended up following me and finding out which team that I was playing for and started talking with them just a little during the summer. Not something like, yeah, we want you, but, hey, you know, what school are you playing at? What, what team are you playing for? So I could just, you know, watch out for you. Um, I go, we ended up winning a championship off of the craziest play you could, like the most childish play you could ever think. Like we're down by one point. We have the ball underneath our basket. We have everybody lined up right under in front of the ball. Everyone that's in the front will fall down to the floor and Maya Moore, we, I, I kid you not, David, I kid you not. And we threw an alley-oop to Maya Moore to get us the game bucket. I kid you not, that was our game play, our, our play. And we won the championship game. Unexpected. So, so that's where I got my third opportunity to get a ring. <laughs> um, the coach from VCU was very, very still interested just from the club, the, the players that I was playing with. Well, she knew she wasn't getting Maya more because Maya was going to UConn. <laughs> so, yeah. so, hey, well, if you play with that, what kind of character can Keita Waller be? Let's just give it out. They started to come to my game, high school games in my senior year. They come. They enjoy it. And they just wanted to have a visit to my house. Well, having a Southern hospitality, you come to my house, my mom is going to cook you a nice Southern meal. (laughs) Like, I mean, she's going to throw down in the kitchen and you you better bring your appetite. She, uh, the head coach, Beth Cunningham, who just went to Missouri, shout out coach. um, She came down. They watched a game of mine, and then they came afterwards into my house. My mom made some mac and cheese, collard greens, uh, potato salad, like the southern with some chicken. I think it was like uh, barbecue chicken. And the way uh, southern folks like to eat our collard greens, you put some hot sauce on there, some Texas peak, and you put a little dash of vinegar on it. Mm-hmm. Coach Cunningham has never tried this in her life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. This is, this is where I realized that this is the woman that I definitely wanted to be under because 
I saw a side of her that it was once to that just definitely just helped me just go to her. She tries it and she kills the whole thing and then she wants some more of it and she's like this is just delicious like they enjoyed the meal and so they felt so at home and felt so comfortable that when we came down to sit there talking about business and what they could offer me it just sounded like a place that could be far away from home because I wanted to go far away from home Virginia and that's an eight-hour ride trip Okay, eight on hours. my car. All right. All right. <laughs> That's eight hours. So it's not like my parents can knock on the door and be like, hey, how are you? No, no, no. You're going to have to let me know you're coming. Yeah, you're I may not be here. <laughs> you may not be there. And then the eight hours is <laughs> nothing. So, uh, it's wasted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sat down and had a great conversation with him. Coach Huddleston, which was the funniest thing, uh, her uh, the assistant coach, her dad, was the owner of Georgia Metros. Okay. So the relationship and just the people that you meet just from playing was what helped me get this scholarship. Because without Charles Huddleston, none of this would have been possible. He was also there with us at this dinner. (laughs) The infamous dinner. Yeah, yeah, the infamous dinner. Um, And that's why I wanted to go there. It felt like home because I got to see a side of Coach Hood, as like we call, like to call her, um, by also getting to meet her from her, see her from a dad's perspective. And now I have the head coach. She's a very. She also played in the WNBA. Coach Cunningham was a sniper. This woman would light you up. She played at Notre Dame. Look at the records. I'm not, I'm kidding you not. She may be like second or third now because there's been some young women in the Notre Dame that's been coming up and taking their places. But Coach Cunningham was a sniper. So this is where I, I learned my abilities. Like I could already shoot in high school. Now she helped me almost like master it as a skill. Well, now I've mastered it. I thought I did there when I was playing against her. After practices, we would have matchups. So that was how that started with me going to Virginia Commonwealth and Coach Cunningham becoming a role model for me in itself. And uh, she taught me mental toughness. I, at my freshman year, I couldn't take this word. I could not take it. But it's because I wasn't mental tough for the experience and the level play in college. I became mental tough. So that's how I ended up my in, in VCU. And in 2009, yeah. you helped VCU, the Rams, to their first ever uh, NCAA Google tournament. Me. <laughs> Look, I, this is my job and I have to know. Um, and, you know. That. Wow, you, you said 2009. Ooh, yes. <laughs> 2009, the first time that the, that the that the school has ever been in the in the tournament. So, what was it like for you to 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 get there? You know, we you know you can we, you can mention whenever you know you guys you ended up losing to, to Rutgers in the first round, but just getting there, first time in school history, must have been amazing, uh, amazing feeling, amazing accomplishment. Like like bringing this back, and the the just thinking back to it that was 
one hell of a moment. I, I, I still is starting to come back. That whole year, we went from uh, a defensive transplant, and that's where my defense got better from my head coach, Coach uh, uh, Coach Curtis Kassab was his name. Coach K, we called him. He turned me into like a defensive hound where at, I just became aggressive in it. I can, I just enjoyed playing defense. And uh, that's what our, our, uh, what is it that I want to say? Like our, our, our English, I ain't talked English so long, but <laughs> that's how our idea, our, our stamp or something, that was our identity. There style. we go. That's identity the or style. Looking. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Our identity was defense. And we got to almost making it, we made it to the championship game for us to make it to the tournament if we had won, but we ended up losing. Um, but the, because of the, our records and the teams, the top tier teams that we played during that season and we actually won against, that's what helped our status to be able to go to the tournament. And our coach said it could be possible, but maybe we go to the NIT. So you guys got in a, a large bid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah. yeah, so it was still possible, but we weren't sure. So we do all the selection. You know, we go into the little lounge that we have. Our sponsors, <laughs> are there, their coaches, there, like everyone, the cheerleaders, like just like you see on the TV is exactly mm-hmm. how it is. I kid you not. Lots of food, lots of drinks, lots of good chill time. And we're just sitting here. It's starting. All of the players are sitting in the front. And we go through the first round. And the first region, we weren't in it. But we were still hopeful. We were like, this is going to happen. This is our year. And then all of a sudden, we're all just sitting there just talking. And they come up for the next round. And our, our we just saw VCU pop up. Mm. And... Everybody, I had a drink in my hand. I slammed it and just dropped it, jumped out of my seat, screaming, oh, my God, this is <laughs> And it's just loud. It is extremely loud in there. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to the tournament. We're going to the tournament. Oh, it was just crazy. And this just happened, like, the excitement of it. It was phenomenal. One I would never forget because we're the first team in school history to go to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. man, that doesn't no happen. Can that, nobody that else away. can say that. Nobody else can say that. No, no. So the emotions that I'm showing now is still not even half of yeah, what right. was really going on in that room. Yeah, but it was still an amazing feeling. I tell you, sir, it was still an amazing feeling, man. Boy. In, Pes- in Piscataway, New Jersey, uh, against against the Rutgers, uh, 57-51. Vaughn. We were playing against Kia Vaughn. Okay. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> she was a beast. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a tough game. The nerves were there, the excitement. We finally started to get ourselves together, but it was too late in the game when we got it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we were had that same focus and that mental readiness in the last half of the second half, 
I think it would have been a good, a better chance. But everything's happened for a reason. We got to go to the NCAA tournament and experience that for the first time. Yeah. Um, and and how closely are you still connected to the black and gold? You know, and what do you think of them reaching the tournament for a second time uh, in 2021? Um, honestly, it's, uh, I just look, don't see much about it um, because it's just one, there's the, the time difference and just things are just focusing on myself. Like I have mm -hmm. looked to see the couple of games that they went to the, um, the NIT as well. Um, and I know that they definitely got some championships uh, since we've gone and switched from, from uh, we were CAA when I was there, but now they're the A10. A10. And so they've definitely gotten a couple championships to say. And definitely proud for the Blackest Gold to still going. Um, with some of my teammates, I still keep in touch with. And some of them were actually there in February because we have this alumni game. And so most of our alumni, we go back. And one of these years, I will be able to want to do that. But I have to finish my career first and before making any decisions in February because that's still in the middle of the season here. Yeah. So, you, so that the, your last season was, um, uh, was, uh, 10, uh, 9, 10, 2009, 2010. Um, and then, uh, I have you joining Yena. Is that right? In in, uh, January, 2011. Is that right? Yes. Uh, they ended up having a player who, uh, my position that went down mm -hmm. and, it was just for three months, but I said three months is better than no months at all. At least I get the opportunity to play. And it was very, very, very different, I say, my first time actually being in uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, where in Georgia, we don't get that much snow. So yeah. when I arrived, there was this snow all over the place in Vienna. And uh, it was a very small town. Very, very small, but they also had a men's team. Yena is actually very well known for uh, youth development in the, in the men's program. Uh, some, some, some big players come from from that area, and actually, they're back. They're kind of going back to their roots uh, right now, actually, in, in Yena. So, but uh, East, that's, East, that's, Eastern Germany country, uh, Eastern Germany city. Yeah, yeah, because they their men's team was pretty, pretty good too. And 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 so um, I don't have you again until 2014 with uh, with noise was yes. Um, so did you after did the you three become? Months, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, after the three months of being in Yana, um, I didn't find another club and to go play for. So by the time the season started, I was still being hopeful that you know something just changed that they didn't like a player or that someone just gets it home. Sadly to say. And then by the December, I realized, okay, this is not going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, so I need to find a steady job here and figure out another direction of where I want to take my life. Um, so I was living in Georgia where I, with my parents at the time. And then I just decided that I would move to Texas. And so I moved to Texas, started working for Coca-Cola. Uh, I was a temp there. I would help the truck drivers unload their uh, trucks and load things up into the convenience stores and the drink machines. And I got pretty good amount of money for it. And they was, I did that for maybe like two months. And they was like, we're actually looking for a truck driver. And I was like, uh, I don't 
have any license of anything of what sort. They said, no, we want you to keep working with us. We'll teach you how to drive the truck and we'll take you and do all the necessary, almost like a truck school, but they just helped me there from just working with them. I said, well, I will take this because uh, my dad is also a truck driver and I know the school that he went through and how much money he had to spend. (laughs) And you're not going to, I don't have to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) You're willing to help me. Yes, I will stay. Mm -hmm. Ended up working for Coca-Cola driving the truck. It was one of the, also another highlight of my, my uh, life. Well, because you didn't really see many women driving trucks. Mm -hmm. And I drove it. I drove it like I was a superstar. Like that was like you couldn't <laughs> tell me anything being in this truck. Like, David, yeah. I'm trying to tell you. The, first of all, a woman sitting in the truck, you're looking, and I got so many double takes, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, thank you. You know, I know I do what I do driving this truck. Not many can do this. <laughs> so, and I didn't have like to pay for it really. They, they helped me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, you guys you only knew, man. <laughs> you get it where you fit in. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see, you know, the, the, the three years I didn't see a truck driver, but that's good. Good. Great. That's yeah. The, it's a, the truck driving that I was doing, I wasn't just sitting in the truck and just driving it. I actually had to do a whole bunch of physical work. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I would drive to the convenience stores or maybe to like uh dollar generals or family dollars, and I would take a pallet of soda in there, make go through and make sure everything was there. And then once they checked the order, I would have to break it down and mm-hmm. I would have to put it up. Into the machine. And if the yeah. shelves were empty, I would have to put it up on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And if I went and I had leftovers and I take it back to the stock room, I had to make sure I moved the old up to the front and put the new in the back so that the rotation days were keep going like that was from five o'clock in the morning to whenever my truck was empty that's when i finished and i did that for three years three years yes i uh from i went from texas to for that for two years and then one year in florida and because of florida was not so active as texas was like the pay was different for the drivers that that's when I started to sit on my butt and just drive the truck because I would get paid the same for doing all the physical work than me just sitting in the truck and just going to a Walmart early in the morning, dropping it off and then just taking off. Like if I drop it at Walmart, like the big grocery stores, I don't they have to touch themselves. it. Yeah. They, 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 we had our own uh, Coke response, Coke people that were do that for us. Nah. So I was like, well, if we're going to get paid the same, I'm a, I'm a chill and enjoy this. Yes, mm. I started at 12 o'clock at night, but if I was done by six o'clock in the morning, seven, hey, that's my that's my day right there. <laughs> so that was a different side that I had to adapt to. And then while driving the truck and sitting there, like yeah, because now now we got to get back because I didn't I didn't yeah. expect that I didn't expect that turn and 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 now how, how do we get back bring bring us back bring us back to Germany because I mean you come back to Germany you're second division uh, you're playing second division in Germany uh, after driving a truck for three years bring bring us back please because I 
Because I got to know, because now I got to know. <laughs> this is the cliffhanger. This is the cliffhanger. You know, we're not going to do, and you get it all right now. We're not going to, yeah, come back next week where you listen to, where you can listen to the rest all of right, the show. Guys, that we're is gonna, all the time that we have for today. Thank you for joining us. Dave, Dave if you were a real marketer, you would actually do it like this, right? Um, <laughs> no. Um, so the third year in Florida, it was great. Uh, I was on. I was in Pensacola Beach, actually. So this is where I was working. It was 15 minutes to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Like I was living a very luxurious thing, but I was not happy. I was not happy at all. I believe I was 23, 24 at the time. And were you touching a basketball was- at all? I mean, you're. I mean, I would go play, you know, street ball or just with the fam or something, but it wasn't on my my schedule. Mm-hmm. Like I, I barely had time for it because the the truck driving was still physically draining, but I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I thought about it and I was just like, "There's there's got to be something that can I can do." Um, at the time, my girlfriend was German. And she was going to school in uh, Florida. Um, she wanted to go back home. She was like, I want to go play. I want to be around my family. And I was like, at this time, we had been together for a while. And I thought this was something that could lead to go to something futuristic wise. Um, so we ended up. I asked her, I was like, she said, I want you to come with me, but you don't have to. I said, I'm coming. It's cool. I'm mm-hmm. coming. When I get over there, I already know what I want to do. So at this point, I had already started looking at for we were going to be living in Oberhausen. So that's where I ended up first living. Um, looked at all the teams that were close to Oberhausen, um, talked with them, sent them emails before. And yes, I had a three-year gap, and that was going to be hard to back, especially from not doing anything and just working at a truck driver's. But it was easier if I was already in the country, just showed up to your club like and just say, hey, let me have a day for a couple of days, like a tryout. And then if you want me, you want me. If not, then we go on to the to the next. Um, and I ended up finding noise. One, because the coach actually lived in Oberhausen at the time. Mm-hmm. And. So she came, picked me up. We went to a practice. I think I tried to, uh, went out for the whole week and stuff just to see it. Cause you know, good days, bad days, you know, just still try out the system. And then that ended up work. I ended up getting a contract that way. That's how that worked. And that's how I ended up in noise. And that was the first tryout then the first team that you worked out with. Uh, yes. The first, I mean, I had talked with O'Plodden, um, and stuff before, but they had already had their final, they had just made their final decision. Um, so, I mean, you're an American and, and, and it's, and, and they really rely on, on, on Americans to do something and they can't do, you, you can't be hit or miss. You have to be a hit. You, you definitely, you definitely do. And that's why it was something that I was looking forward to of actually just being there to explain my three year gap mm-hmm. without having to explain it by just showing you that I can still play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the coach at the time, she liked me, um, Got a contract for that time, and then I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend <laughs> like maybe 
three months later. Um, the club gave me the option. They said, you can go back home. We'll definitely pay for your ticket to go back home. Or you can finish it out for the year and we find you uh, like the all pair family, like a family within the club that you could go stay in. I was like, I don't understand anything of this language. <laughs> uh, but I'm playing basketball. Yeah. I, I finish it out this year. I finish it out this year. Worst case scenario, if I really don't like being here, I go back home. I can always go back home, but yeah. I can never get another opportunity to start playing overseas. So I owe it to myself because this was the main reason why I came here to play. So I finished off that year. They asked me for another contract and then I ended up staying and now how I ended up at Dusseldorf. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's come back to Dusseldorf then. So, I mean, it's, it's everybody's goal to play in the top level that they, that they can. You, you know, you were in second division for three years and then you went down to the fifth, went down to the fifth division, three years of, Oh my God, feels like 10 years. You, you, you go to the second division, you get back to the second division finally, and you're going to be going to the first division. Um, you know, first division uh, in 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 some leagues for some clubs, uh, especially debuting your first time ever in a first division is a totally different beast. And um, so, you guys ended up. Um, spoiler alert. Okay, so I mean, you guys ended up going down. You you guys have been relegated. Um, but uh, you know, I guess let's 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 kind of come back to and you know, what was it like for you to to reach the highest level of basketball that you've played? um uh in 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 uh, as a professional um it still is this is one that my uh my girlfriend keeps reminding me because i'm sometimes so hard on myself it's still a great achievement that i need to acknowledge because i still made it i still achieved a goal that i wanted to achieve the year did not turn out the way that i'd hope it would but I still gave it my all. I still gave it everything. And I still played in the first league. Like that's still, that's something that I uh, accomplished and you can't take that away from me. It was still a great experience. Something where it may not be the end. There's, there's still hopes for time to come, but playing in the, the first league the the competitiveness is it was everything that I thought it would be. Um, you definitely have to be a lot stronger. You you definitely have to be consistent with your 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 group, and that was just part of our problem. We had injuries like every other week, or we we didn't for the first part of the year. We couldn't find anybody that can really fit with us, and that was hard. And so that was taking time away, and so it was a lot that went into it to why everything happened like the games we were sometimes we would kill ourselves from being not just being ready or not following the game plan or just simply just missing shots <laughs> like you, you in order to play this game you have to make yeah. shots yeah, sure. <laughs> but it was it was rough. 
it was very rough, very mentally exhausting because you go from having a winning season to now having a losing season. And some would look at that and say, well, if I'm just losing right now, why don't I just quit? What, what, like, I'm used to winning everything. This, now I'm losing. This makes no sense. This is no fun. No, the game was still fun because my teammates still showed up every single day to play. So I had to show up as the leader. I had to show that we could still figure it out. It's not the end until it's the end. It wasn't how most would. You have to take what you can. Not everything in life is going to be good. Use this year as a learning curve for myself and just how I played that I didn't feel like I was mentally my best. And so I feel like it showed in my, the way I was playing. It was also a new experience for you too. That's, you know, I mean, it's, you might be a leader, but it's the first time that, 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 you know, that you've been at this level too, you know? So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot. Some that I would definitely wish that I could just, just, have now, but that's the point of the, the moments. We learn from them. You take it, don't forget it, hold on to it. So when the next time it happens, you're ready for it and you can react and do things totally different than we did the first time. I, I kind of want to close on, 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 on what we kind of talked about, um, you know, as far as women's, ba women's basketball getting better and whatnot, you know, and go back to how I, how I heard about you guys. And it was this, you know, kicks getting on board with you guys and, you know, and, 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 and then, and then, you know, giving you guys some, some really much needed uh, and much deserved attention, um, you know, and, and, and driving back to the message, you know, if this had been a men's team, you know, you know, we'd, we'd all, you know, you guys would be, the talk of international basketball, you know, countries, Greece, you know, all these, you know, these, um, these journalists from all these different countries would be like, you know, wow, oh my God, you know, you jump and, you know, promotion, promotion, promotion. And, and, and now, you know, you wouldn't have an interview, you know, at the, at the end of, you know, when you guys have been relegated, but you would have had, you know, all these other things. And, uh, sorry for being late to the game, uh, but I'm happy to be actually one of the early people, uh, to the game, if you will. Um, maybe just what did it, what did it mean for you to, to kicks coming on board and, and, and giving you, uh, giving this team, uh, the platform and, and giving you guys the attention that really had been well and long deserved uh, even before you guys got it. Um, first of all, Big shout outs to Kicks for everything that they helped us with. Um, came at a point, you know, it's still better late than never that they showed up. Because in the, the moment that they showed up, it's like where we really needed them the most. And for like a spirits wise of feeling like, you know what, there people do know about us. There is, um, we are out there. And for them to sponsor us and the equipment that they they provided us with was far beyond grateful for um the experience in making that that video it was a day where we all 
are together as a team, but in a different type of atmosphere and having cameras on you and like the, you having to take action and, you know, going up and down. It's like, okay, no, that was a good one, but somebody's foot was sticking out this way. So we have to do this over like feeling all of that. I know. And I'm just speaking for myself because I, I can't speak for my other teammates. It was great because all those years, those, those time for the years of going up every single league and getting the respect where it was due, it was great to be acknowledged. And Kicks did a great job in making our vision come to light with how we wanted it to portray out to everyone else. Give these young women the opportunity to know that don't let anyone stop you from still achieving your goals. Even if there's no praise or no recognition coming behind it, you still go after what you want to go after the all the other things is just extra and it comes with it. But then again, is if this was a man's group, they wouldn't even have to go out and promote themselves for anything because the whole world would have probably heard about it. So kicks helped us out greatly with supporting us. And it felt good to feel like a professional with our shoes and our our equipment and gear that they gave us. It felt great for me. Because that was a long time, long time, long time, long time coming. Do you do you sense that something like this? It, you know, do you sense that there that there is a change in, in, in general, not just because of this, but in, in general that it's you know, women's sports, women's careers, everything. Um, you, you sense that there is a, a little bit of a change at all? Um, I know this is probably a bigger, you know, socio-political, you know, question, but in general. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, because I know that the change is happening, but maybe I'm just, you know, so greedy that I want it to happen like this for us women. So we stopped finally being neglected. Um, but I know at time, it, it's time. It's going to take time. And I, I wish it was still better because, you know, there were still some things where professionally for us wasn't working out, but that's you still it's a learning curve. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think we've, uh, we've taken the journey. Been wonderful. Um, we will uh, we will uh, figure out where, what you're going to be doing next season at a at a later date. Uh, obviously, the season is uh, just finished, and uh, you know uh, you know Capital Baskets Dusseldorf uh, will most likely, I would imagine, go be uh, be relegated down to the second division. I still don't you know you you don't go you don't go through what they've gone through and. Um, and just give up at the end, you know, I mean, you know, reach the first division and, you know, uh, the, the vision is, it seems like the vision would be there and, and you would want to continue it. Um, and just, I guess, final question, your, your, your thoughts in general about the, 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 the future of the club. Um, hmm. You see, future thoughts of this club is that, you know, it will get to where it needs to be. I mean, it's still a new, a pretty new club. It's not even been around for 10 years. Um, and the progress can be made if you're willing to take the risks and stuff. But I see 
and hope that, that they can get them to do that so that they can be a prosperous club for women because I, I, the idea itself is great. Having a place just for women is, is great to grow. I really do hope they can get it together so that we women and young women have a place to go that's for us. All right. Fantastic. Keita Waller uh, played this season with basketball, uh, uh, Capital Baskets. Dusseldorf, thanks for so much time. Thanks for giving us a little bit of the, uh, also a little bit, uh, uh, yeah, just the reality of, of, of life that, you know, you can, you know, go do something totally different. And then, you know, one day after, you know, one just overnight say, you know what, I want to do something totally different and, and, and you can go do it, you know, truck driver to, uh, to, uh, uh, ends up being a first division basketball player in Germany. So, uh, congratulations on that. Congratulations on your first season in, in profession in the first division in, in Germany. It's a major accomplishment. So, uh, enjoy, enjoy the off season and enjoy everything that, that goes along with, uh, with you shutting down and, and, and then to figure out how you want to uh, start back up next season. Thanks for so much time. And thanks for making me laugh. <laughs> David, I thank you for the time in the labs. It's been nice chatting with you. Um, and thank you again for this opportunity to, to get my story out and our story out as well as Capital Baskets. Thank you.